What's going on, boys and girls? Welcome back to the Eating Shit Podcast. If you're new here, the point of this show is to quickly come on here once a week and share the lessons I've learned with you guys in real time so you don't have to make the same dumbass mistakes that I have. Stupid. Or just learn from my experiences in general. If the episode provided value for you, share the show on your story or send it to someone you think would benefit from it. Also, please put up a five-star review on the podcast app or thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Um, cool. So lessons this week. Um, so if you guys have been following this podcast or the, um, the Fiki Flips YouTube channel, you guys know that we have been, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been basically working on entering another market for wholesaling. Uh, the market that we picked was Jacksonville, Florida. So like the last, I guess, three weeks now, but two weeks prior to this, we've been really just setting up all of the tech and getting all the marketing stuff in place so we can really hit it hard, um, this, this last week. Uh, and start marketing there. And we really took a couple weeks so we could really get set up and just basically expedite the process to start doing deals immediately. Uh, I went over last week, you know, or maybe it was one of the vlogs, I can't keep them straight, but um, you know, I guess fitting since I'm wearing the uh, results driven shirt that is Josh and Tiffany High's education company. They're out of Ohio. Um, so I actually went to their two day event back in August and they are like the king and queen of like systems for a real estate flipping or wholesaling company. Um, so I picked up a lot of good stuff there and they run like a phone sales team. Basically they don't really go in person at all to the appointments. They just close over the phone. So their CRM is a build out of Podio, which we were already using. So we ended up um, working with the guy, his name's Mohammed, that set up their CRM uh, to set ours up the same exact way. You pay like three grand and then they'll set it up uh, so it, it'll mimic Josh and Tiffany's system. So it's really, really good for like a phone sales team and it's already set up to handle multiple markets and it's really cool how it works. Um, but since we haven't done it before, we've only ever operated in Reno. Um, it's, it's taken quite a bit just to get it set up and make sure that everything's working. And then we are also, you know, we were going to start texting. So we had to set up launch control and all the shit with that. Uh, we had to hire another cold caller. So there's been a lot of stuff just to get into place so we can like immediately hit the ground running and not have the entire company on fire because like the tech's not working or, you know, people are calling back in off of texts and like the calls are getting missed or all this shit. So we've spent two weeks doing that, plus pulling all the data, skip tracing, all the stuff that we need to market. And we made the decision before we entered a new market that, you know, for our marketing, that's really the reason why we were doing this is that, you know, in Reno, our business model used to work when we were flipping because our average deal size was so big that it worked. But now since we're only wholesaling and not flipping, uh, we're not making nearly as much per deal. Um, so with the same... Basically, we cut our profit in third from what we were making. Our average deal size used to be 57000 and now that was with a flip. And now it is just over 20000 for a wholesale. So nothing else changed in the business. Overhead is still exactly the same. Marketing spend is still the same, but we just cut our profit in third. So you can see, it doesn't really work <laughs> very fucking well. Um, so now it was like, okay, well... We're going to switch up the marketing and we're going to change markets to a market that we think that we would be able to get a higher ROI. And we're only going to do marketing channels that are known like industry wide to have a higher ROI. So typically in the past, we've done like a lot of like Google ads or mail and whatnot. And like, especially for Google ads, like they work, they're good. Um, 
but the ROI is much lower on average than a channel like cold calling. But it's give and take because with any type of marketing stream like you know TV, radio, Google ads, anything where it's expensive, you're going to have the best quality leads coming into the CRM with those channels because those are people that are actively seeking you. They're calling. Um, but the the inverse of that is it's really expensive to do it. And whereas like cold calling, you have way shittier leads because it's literally just like, yeah, I'll hear a cash offer and it's you, they got a call out of the blue. So it's a lot more leads to process. Um, but, you know, just industry wide, people make a lot of better ROI on their marketing for those cold channels. So we decided that, okay, we're just going to do the higher ROI stuff and we're going to switch markets kind of at the same time. So we did that. Um, but with those channels, you know, that's basically just cold calling and cold texting. Now we decided, okay, Jacksonville is it. actually our first choice was Oklahoma city. Um, and then, you know, I just Googled Oklahoma or like wholesale in Oklahoma or something. First thing that comes up is that it's illegal and it's not illegal to wholesale there, but it is illegal to wholesale without a real estate license. And so I just became unlicensed here in Nevada. There's all this like bullshit that you have to deal with when you're doing what we do, if you are licensed, um, because there, well, one, you're high, you're, you're held to a higher standard, which is never the problem. The problem is other agents all the time. And I personally have gotten several complaints to the MLS, to the real estate division, to who, to my broker, <laughs> who the fuck knows else. And I only did something wrong one time, and that was I violated a marketing law, which I didn't know about. And just a real quick backstory on that, like there are, at least in Nevada, I haven't looked in laws anywhere else. In Nevada, if you are marketing for services that require a real estate license, which is representing buyers and sellers, um, you have to, you know, step-by-step -step follow these marketing laws, which is like your brokerage logo has to be prominently displayed on the piece. Your license number has to be there, full name, all this other stuff. Um, now there is a separate statute in NRS that is saying like, if you are marketing for services that do not require a real estate license, like buying houses, that's exactly what we're doing, but you are a licensee, you have to disclose you're a licensee. That's what it says. It's like, okay. So I just didn't know about that law. So the first time I got a complaint, it was legit because on our mail, um, I didn't have any disclosure on there. It just said, you know, hey, my name's Alex and I'd like to buy your house. So this guy, I know exactly who it was because he submitted an anonymous complaint, but with the anonymous complaint, he submitted the, the piece of mail <laughs> that uh, was the cause of the complaint. And I just looked at it on our list. And sure enough, the guy who owns that specific house is a broker here in town. Uh, so I know it was fucking him. He's just too bitch to submit his name with the complaint. And, um, but I was wrong in that instance, but I've gotten several, several, several complaints after that, even though we added a disclosure at the bottom of each mailer that says Alex Fico is a Nevada state real or Nevada. Alex Fico is a licensed real estate salesperson um, in Nevada with EXP realty license number, whatever. If the property is currently listed with an agent, please disregard that is over disclosing compared to what the law says. But because the realtors don't know the difference, they think, oh, well, that is a violation because he doesn't have the brokerage logo prominently displayed and this and this and this, which is not required. So 
it's just brain damage to try to have to deal with this stuff all the time. And I don't use my license anyway. So got rid of the license. Now in Oklahoma, you can wholesale, but you have to be licensed at least to publicly market um, your equitable interest in a property, which is what wholesaling is in legal terms. Um, so we could still do it if you just do like the VIP list. You, you're not publicly marketing it. You're just going down the list and calling your VIP buyers. But at the same time, it's like, well, we're doing this to try to get the highest ROI possible. So do we want to not publicly market our deals and just do the homie hookup on every deal? No, that's stupid. And we don't want to be licensed there because we'll be right back into the same position we are here in Nevada. So we got rid of OKC first. Um, and then number two on the list was Jacksonville, Florida. So we decided to do Jacksonville. We go all in. We get all the numbers, we buy the data, we pay for the skip tracing for the data, we get all of our tech set up. And then Wes, my partner, found out that Florida has actually a mini TCPA law. And so for those of you that don't know, the TCPA law federal is like the do not call list stuff. So like basically you can register, anyone can register on the do not call list. And then people who are doing phone sales, no matter what the service is, um, are not supposed to call you. And if they do, it's a violation and you can like sue them and all this shit. So, um, you know, all of our data is legit. We scrub it with the do not call list. So it's all fine. Um, and then Florida has, they call it the mini TCPA law, but it's just a statewide thing. And the definitions are much more broad than are on the federal level of this law. And basically like, you know, Wes is much, much more by the book than me. Um, if it was up to me, we would have just been fucking doing it. I wouldn't even have known about the law. Um, and then, you know, if it's up to him, we can't do it at all. So we work together on that stuff. But what, what ended up happening is that like, you know, we, we reached out to people that are in our business in Florida. No one fucking cares. Everyone does it anyway. Um, which is like kind of the name of the game with a lot of wholesalers, whether they're like big or not, like a lot of them just don't fucking care if what they're doing is legal um, or by the book or anything. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Like we know a lot of people that operate in Florida. We know a lot of people that cold call cold text in Florida. None of them give a shit. None of them have been in trouble for this, but we do know a couple people that have had a TCPA lawsuit out of Vegas and Tucson. Um, so we talked to them, both of them and both of them actually fucked up. They just didn't scrub their data with the do not call list. So they ended up calling a litigator. It's what the, you call these people. And the litigators are basically the same as those videos that you guys have all seen about the police auditors where these guys will go film in a place where like it's legal to film, but it's kind of suspicious. So then people call the cops and then the cops show up and those guys are hoping that the cops like violate their first amendment rights or whatever. So then they can sue the police department and like that's, they literally make a living doing this. The litigators are much the same way where they sign up for the do not call list, but then a lot of them will just keep registering these phone numbers, hoping that someone will call them and the data is not up to date yet. And then what they do is um, they'll fish for the information. So like you get on the phone with them, an example, you know, hey, do you want to sell your house? And they say, oh yeah, I would be interested in that. And they act like they're a seller and then they they drag it on long enough and be like, oh, what company are you with? And then you say the company name and boom, they got you. And then now they have the company name. They have proof that you called them. And so then they sue. 
And like each violation in Florida is only like 500 bucks. But the real risk here is a class action lawsuit. And that's how a lot of these guys do it and the attorneys as well. And it's $500 per, it's either 500 per phone number or 500 per text or, or uh, person or something like that. But it's like, it would be a major, major deal if if the stars aligned and you contacted a litigator and you gave up the company name and they did a class action lawsuit and all this shit. So, and then we, we even reached out further to someone that is in TCPA compliance in Florida. And they basically said like, don't do it. Like it's not legal what you're doing. And it's not even the do not call list thing there. It's even further than that. Florida's like broader definition literally says that you cannot reach out cold using automated dialing technology. And like at the federal level, it says the, the automation is like it, the, I guess there's software that just dials random numbers. That's not what we're doing. We have like a list of homeowners with their phone numbers. The Florida definitions is an automated dialer, which is what everyone uses for cold calling. So you don't have to sit there and like type in the number deep, 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 deep call. Oh, they didn't answer. You dial three people at one time. And then as soon as someone answers, it hangs up the other two lines. Like it's what everyone uses. So according to the Florida law and according to these people that are TCPA compliance attorneys in Florida, they said, no way. Um, it is illegal. So obviously a lot of people do it. Um, but it's a bummer. So we, we talked about it yesterday. So like this whole week, we've been trying to get some clarity on that. And we've literally just been sitting here cold calling our Reno data instead of doing Florida, even though we have everything set up for it. Um, so we've been doing that. Um, and then we've been waiting to hear back on this, but we kind of knew that that's what was going to happen, especially when you talk to an attorney, they're always going to err on the side of caution for sure. But they said, yeah, like absolutely no way. So now we're going to do a different market. Um, it'll be much easier to set up this time since our shit is already set up. We just have to buy the data, buy the phone numbers, and we'll be ready to go in two days this time instead of two weeks. Um, so next week I'll have, I think I already know what the market is, but I'll, I'll just tell you guys next week once we're actually doing it. Um, but really the lesson with that is that it's, it's a Alex Hormozzi quote. And if you guys don't listen to his shit, you definitely should. Cause he's fucking wise beyond his years in business. And, um, I'm paraphrasing the quote, but Wes actually just sent it to me this morning, but I had heard, I heard him say this on a podcast I was listening to a few weeks ago. And he, he says it's some of the best advice he ever got. And it was for his marriage with Layla. But he then says, you know, obviously this is relevant to a business partnership as well. He said anything when, when you're working as a team, it was like, um, if you don't agree, don't move forward. And he said, that's some of the best advice he ever got. I think it was from like a pastor or something for their marriage. And he said that that has like saved him a lot of heartache and a lot of headache with the marriage and business decisions and business partnerships. And it was funny because that's kind of how I treated this yesterday. I just didn't really notice that until Wes sent it to me again this morning. And, you know, we were talking about it. And like I said earlier, you know, if it was up to me, I'd fucking, who, who cares? Like, let's just do it. Like everyone else is doing it, but it's one of those things that it's not a problem until it is. And when it is, it's a big problem. And at that point I would be wishing that we didn't do it. Um, 
And likely nothing would ever come of it, especially since so many people are doing it. It's very unlikely that we would get hit and we have everything set up for cold calling just because cold calling in general, you know, people just get mad. Even if you're not doing anything illegal, if, if they're not on DNC or whatnot, we have everything set up that, you know, if you called back, it's kind of like an anonymous thing. It's just like, Hey, sorry, I missed you. It's not going to the company thing. It's all set up like that because people will like leave you bad reviews and people are just fucking weird. And, um, but it could still happen. And more important than that, like I'm not married to Jacksonville or Florida as like the end all be all market for this shit. And it's like, that wasn't even our first choice anyway. And really anything in our top 10, it's just splitting hairs to make the decision on where to go. And we're going to be going to more than one market anyway. Um, so I don't really care about Florida and, Wes is like, I don't want to be starting something and then like basically losing sleep over it that we're like doing something wrong or like something could happen and this and this and this. And it's like, for me, that's super important that like he is on board with 100% with everything that we're doing, especially right now, since it's been a, a tough time for us. So it's like no brainer for me, like, I need to make that concession and we need to go to a different market because like, yeah, it sucks. We wasted two weeks and we wasted like three grand on this, you know, skip trace data that is now useless for us. And we'll have to waste a little bit more time getting reset up a little bit more money, getting new data and all this stuff. But it's like, do I hold my ground and be like, no, like nothing's going to happen. Like it's fine. You're being a pussy and stuff like that. And now for the next six months, a year, he's fucking worried all the time about what we're doing. And he's not 100% committed. He's kind of got one foot out the door because he's not comfortable with what we're doing. Or do we just, do I make the concession, eat the cost, and then we switch markets. And then he's a hundred percent on board because he's not worried about us getting sued. It's like, when I looked at it like that yesterday, I was like, well, that's a no brainer. So that was the lesson here. That's like, you know, don't, don't move forward unless you agree because like the other person is not going to be on board and it's just going to cause problems down the road. So hopefully you guys can take that in the future and do something with it when you have a decision like that. Um, couple wins this week. Uh, we closed one wholesale earlier in the week, small ones like 7,700 bucks or something, but it was good. Um, we had to get a price reduction on that one. Rehab was heavier than the seller let on and she's out of state and didn't really know anyway. So, Tough, uh, tough call for Kyle to make that price drop, the the price reduction call, but he got it. We ended up wholesaling it and um, made a little bit of money on it at least. So it's good to keep that one alive. And then we also locked up two more deals this week. Kind of dog shit inventory. Um, both of them are like older manufacturers. And one of them could probably be rehabbed, but it's pretty fucking bad. And it's been moved. So, um, you know, that's just a type of inventory that not a whole lot of buyers want to buy. They're always tough to sell anyway. And then the other one is like a total teardown needs to be ripped. The lot needs to be cleaned and a new manufacturer needs to go in its place. That's even harder inventory to sell. Um, so obviously like when you're wholesaling, getting the contract is only half the battle. You still have to sell the contract to actually get paid. Um, so it sucks when you lock stuff up and you can't move it because 
he should have just it would have been better off not to lock it up because it's a hell of a lot of work to end up with zero um, but I do think that we'll be able to move both of these so I'm optimistic about those and it's good to get some uh, you know two deals in the pipeline this week that I think we'll be able to move even though it's like two in a row with just dog shit inventory where you get the contract and you're just like fuck like Ah, this is going to be a lot of work to try to move this stuff, but I think we'll be able to do it. So um, till next week, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the Fiki Flips YouTube channel if you're not already, and we'll see you on the next episode.